the, the reliance could if this book is written in 20 years time it could be even worse <laughs> Welcome to the fifth episode of the Audiobook Club. I'm Stephen, uh, your host for this episode, and with me as always are my two companions, uh, Michael and Jonathan. Uh, say hello, hello, lads. Hello. Hello. In this episode, we will be talking about Reliance, a book by Paul McMurrah, narrated by Jonathan Harden. And without further ado, let me do a quick plot summary. Uh, so we're set in Belfast. Uh, it's an alternate 2020, I think where US President Trump has just been shot. Uh, This is the big story that everyone's talking about and it's all over the media. Uh, Meanwhile, the scientific community is in a panic about an upcoming astrological event where a solar flare and subsequent CME, which is short for coronal mass ejection, is about to happen. Uh, It's so many magnitudes larger than your average that it's it's going to be a serious, uh, catastrophic, and like uh, cause catastrophic and likely irrecoverable, irrecoverable damage to the world's power grids. Uh, we follow several characters from just before the event takes place and for several days afterwards. One is a professor of astrophysics from Queen's University, who's desperately trying and failing to get the word out to the public, um, so that they can prepare. Another is a member of a governmental crisis committee who's likewise struggling to get the word out uh, while waiting on the go-ahead from her superiors. And we also follow a prison guard and see the consequences of a prison without power and also just an average guy. So why, why did I pick this book? Well, the uh, main reason was I wanted us to, to read something different but still have sort of familiar themes um, to the kinds of books we would normally read and talk about, uh, meaning that it has <laughs> shares some themes with science fiction but not really existing within that genre, if you if you follow me. Uh, it's more like a dramatic thriller sort of book rather than science fiction, but it has, you know, overlap there. Um, I also wanted to, the sh- I thought it'd be nice to shine a light on a somewhat local book and author. Um, as I said, it's, it's written, it was set in Belfast, and I think he's also from Belfast. Um so I, I, mainly I wanted to get your opinions on it because I've read it before and I, I thought you might like it so so what do you think? Spoiler free for now Yeah, uh, spoiler free opinion I, I did like this book uh, I find the concept interesting I think I said to you after I don't know if I mentioned it on the podcast or it was after but I have seen a movie with this premise before I think I, I looked through and there was a couple of movies with this uh, this premise and I, I was wondering I can't really remember which one it was that I seen I think it was Blackout um, I, I don't think that movie was that good from from memory so I think this handled the idea a lot better than that movie did uh, yeah it was a, just as a spoiler free high review yeah I, I enjoyed the book definitely it was, a, it was interesting for me I thought the concept was good um, but unfortunately I was not a big fan of how it played out, I think what I want I wanted maybe it to be, be a bit more disastrous is kind of my main criticism and what I, I would have thought that was more entertaining. Um, however, the actual idea um, 
of like a power failure, um, which of course could, like what I thought this was, was an account of what actually would happen. Like, you know, maybe a true example, whereas I want it to be a bit more um, exaggerated example of what would happen if this did happen, you know what I mean? Um, but I feel like this was this is more of a true uh, telling of what actually would happen if this happened in real life. Um, but yeah, it, was, it wasn't my favourite book. Okay, so, th- so th- this is interesting because I think this is the first time that we've actually had a case where somebody liked it and somebody didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, I think so, this uh, is the first... Well, you were slightly Somebody. slightly lukewarm on um, Space Odyssey, so it's not our first negative orientated review. Well, but I, su- I, su- I suppose that's true. In it. But yeah, it's, it's it's nice to see a bit of um, difference. So that's good. I just mentioned just um, for the sake of the listeners, because I don't think we've ever said where we're from. Um, you you mentioned that local, uh, and that this book was set in Belfast. That that we we are from. Northern Ireland, if if people couldn't tell by the accents, um, we're from Derry. So, and, and I think we've all been to Belfast a lot. Jonathan studied in Belfast. I lived in Belfast for a year, so we're we're quite familiar with that area as well. Just thought it was worth um worth mentioning, just for context of this book and and what we that that we have kind of a like a personal tie to to the location, the setting in this book. Yeah. Is that is that why you didn't like it, Jonathan? Because it, like all, all the negatives around Belfast that it was. Uh, <laughs> I I thought like initially when I, when I read the description of the book, um, I thought you know I was really going to enjoy it, and I, I really did like the idea that it was set in our, um, you know, in Belfast and places that you know we've lived in. Um, however, <laughs> having lived in Belfast, I, I know people like people from other countries seem to be fans of the Northern Ireland accent, but I. Uh, absolutely hate the Belfast accents, like I, I <laughs> and of course this book um, had a lot of Belfast Belfast accents. But um, yeah, I mean that's just because I've lived there, and um, I'm just used to hearing it, I guess. But um, yeah, that's my one criticism. But yeah, I, I did like the fact that it was set here, um, and like you know, a lot of the things were named were like you know places, even like in Donegal or Fermanagh, things like that, were places yeah. that are in Ireland. Like you know, it was yeah. nice he- hearing that on an audiobook. Yeah, I guess we'll, we'll. I suppose we'll talk about the, the sort of accents and stuff. Obviously, when we get to the you know the parts about the narrator, but I, I really didn't like that as well. I thought it added something like a lot to to the telling of the book. Um, one, and I thought, yeah, I I thought the accents that he did were were like spot on. Yeah, definitely. Pretty much. Uh, I think he is from from here as well. Um, but yeah, one thing, one gripe, just while we're talking about it, is that. <laughs> Two of the characters are from Donegal, but only one of them has a Donegal accent. Did you did you notice that? Yeah, uh, I don't. <laughs> the other one, I don't Derek, really notice. Derek that has, yeah. Derek and and Lisa are both from the same place in Donegal, but only Lisa has the accent. Yeah, right. Which which is kind of weird, but yeah, I suppose that that can happen. I just there's just something I noticed noted while I was reading or listening. Anyway, yeah. So okay, good. Um, I suppose yeah, we'll we'll move on to the plot plot guest reveal. Um, kind of <laughs> short and sweet this time around because he's uh, from miles away. Yeah. Who who was <laughs> more <laughs> miles away? Neither neither was even close. I I I can't even justify that, Michael. Like I, nobody gets a point. Oh no, that's, Stephen, that's, I, that's, I, that's an, I think you have to no decide, point. and I I would rather no, no. I would rather you give it to Jonathan than give nobody a point. 
Well, see, okay, right. I'm not. I'm going. I'm, st- I'm going to stick with a hard. Nobody gets any points, right? But if I had to pick, I'm going to have to say Michael because while he he doesn't have a disabil- disability nor any robotics, <laughs> Derek almost has a RoboCop like vibe <laughs> to him, right? He's not even a cop, but sort of. But yeah, I think it's still. Even though it's not even close, it's it's closer than the Matrix. Mm. I, w- I would agree yeah. because uh, because of Derek, just because he is <laughs> he is a warden, and, and that he's is a warden, yeah. close to a cop. He's close to a cop, yeah. Not a RoboCop, but, but a regular cop. But I'm I'm st- I'm gonna say nobody gets any points. I think I think it should be a rolled out. The host has to uncomfortably justify somebody getting a point. Every <laughs> you episode. can't say this now because I'm there. Uh, wasn't there a situation a couple of times where nobody got points? Uh, well, that's because because there was no guessing. Yeah. Um, I like, don't know. Yeah, you have to award. I feel like you have to since just well just. Right, fine, fine, fine. Michael, yeah. Michael gets the point. Though. We have to be uncomfortable in our guesses. Oh wait, wait. Ho- how about this though? How about this? If if nobody's close, then the the person gets the the, the point. I don't know. The, I, I think no, again, again, that's unfair because you could just say no, we're not close, and just get yourself the point. <laughs> I think oh, it's like <laughs> taking this point system so serious. I think it's funny. Like you haven't fine. you haven't to decide between two ridiculous ideas. I, I like I just like that idea. Okay, f- fine then, Michael. You get the point. I'll get one one day. <laughs> But yeah, obviously that was it was kind of hard one to to guess because the without the cover yeah, the, definitely the, the, yeah the cover the cover gives so much away yeah. that I didn't want to reveal it and the the title doesn't give enough yeah <laughs> so yeah so let's let's just let's fire into it then so obviously I already mentioned it that, that we kind of start off with uh, the day of Trump being shot. And uh, that everybody's—that's all everybody's talking about. Media—it's flat out in the media. Um, you know, the shop keeps talking about it, and random people. Everybody's glued to their phones as well, which is uh, sort of the norm these days. Um, and uh, we kind of see it, seen it a million times. You know, something serious is happening or is about to happen, and uh, something not, not so serious takes center stage in, in the media. Uh, like don't get me wrong, sort of shooting of a world leader is serious, and but but it's the fact that it eclipses e- literally everything else. It's a bit telling of like how much the media, uh, <laughs> like likes to put shock and awe center stage, um, rather than putting out what's what's actually important. But, but yeah, um, not only that, but like when when someone, namely our, our first character, uh, Professor, Professor Martin Monroe attempts to tell the world about, about the upcoming disaster, he's sort of mocked and, and made a laughing stock and, and a joke off. Um, partly because in a previous incident, a, a comment of his was taken out of context and, yeah, used against him, but also because he's sort of panicked and, and on edge and defensive to everything somebody says about him. So, yeah. Uh, but but what do you think about the opening to the book? The, the sort of, um, you know, the, the, the whole, like, stuff more in the media and everything um michael you used to be a journalist like what why do the journalists do that um like why why do they, they ignore big issues or yeah um i'm Not gonna to have get to like i uh, you know. i'm gonna have to think like why um 
I think like in journalism, like a lot of the time you're you're motivated to write what people will read. So like a lot of people criticize journalists and say, oh, the death of journalism and stuff. But like it has consumer habits that drive journalism and, the, mm-hmm. and what has shaped journalism and to what it's become. So like a lot of people say the most evil force in the world is the British media, which I don't think is like an unfair thing to say because, you know, with rags like the Daily Mail and stuff and and like I think they are horrendous at times the way they behave and the way the sun, you know, stalks people and stuff like that. It's way Mm. too interfering on their personal life. But like, yeah, it's it's, this like reminded me of like, I don't know if you've seen the Leonardo DiCaprio movie on Netflix, Don't Look Up where it's a lot about yeah. the media ignoring um the the uncommon um what, what that was a what was that about again was that a was that it's, about it's, climate change uh, i was going to i was going to bring that oh, up no, yeah, it was a, it I, was I a metaphor about climate change wasn't it but it was about it was, it was a metaphor about climate change but there was some something it was a meteor or something wasn't it yeah. it was a meteor yeah, yeah. And yeah. every, it was i, I was going to bring that up in the the comparisons to other media because obviously yeah in that the they're also trying to get the word out about this yeah. like, disaster yeah. thing that's about to happen and nobody's taking them on. So Yeah, yeah so yeah. I, I don't think like um the fact that media ignored Martin, especially given his history, it doesn't make sense to me. And I thought I did think uh, that Martin was an interesting character, like his conflict brought on straight away where he uh he has this worry of uh being ridiculed. Um See, the only thing that one small complaint about this opening to you is the Trump thing that felt a wee bit weird to me because um yeah yeah there's this thing um I, I've talked it before saying like Brandon Sanderson fan, fantasy writer is one of my favorite writers he does a podcast where he talks about writing a lot and uh there's something he calls elephant on a phone booth I think he calls it and it's like if uh you, you imagine like a character walking down a street and you're just descri- describing the street. It's like, oh, David was on his way to the bar and he passed this and that. And then oh, also there was an elephant on the phone booth and then the story just moves on. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. wait, wait a minute, what, what, what's the elephant on the phone booth about? It's like this this thing that doesn't kind of feel like it belongs in the story that kind of sucks you out of the story because you're like, wait, what? And it's like, uh, that's how I feel about, about this Trump thing. I think it would have been better... I understand the function that it plays in the story to distract people, but I think it would have been better taking the approach of like, don't look up where people just don't ignore it because of their own ignorance. Because I think that, yeah, that has a more, it has a more thematic punch, especially with what we endured with COVID and everything. I think that could have linked into that a bit more. Do do you think it's because, uh, it, it, it's like an actual president that existed you know if it was like say we're don't look up where it's just it's a it's a president but they just give it a completely different name yeah if if it had think that would have helped yeah i think so definitely Stephen. i think um if it had have just said the president was killed that would have worked for me i think just uh, it being trump it felt a wee bit weird but it's it's not a massive part of this book so it's not it doesn't ruin the end the the beginning or anything it was just one one little niggle yeah, I was going to say, like, it does sort of uh, date the book as well, because obviously it definitely does, it, yeah. Trump's not president anymore. Oh, yeah, I thought it was a, a quite a realistic approach. Um, I think I mentioned before, like, this this book does take a very realistic view of what I think would happen anyway. Um, I think yeah, it's kind of 
you know, like even mentioned there, that film Don't Look Up, it just kind of plays on the fact that, you know, people are distracted by things and they don't really care about what's actually important anymore. Um, like, like for example, in this book that the Trump getting shot um, is more important than potentially an end to, you know, civilization um, or the normal civilization that we're used to. Um, which obviously affects everyone in the single world in the whole world, but um, yeah, I find I thought it kind of funny. Um, it's kind of like that that uh, humor that that uh, Netflix film Don't Look Up has as well. You know how it's trying to be funny by um, just saying you know people don't care, but you know there is a, like you as the reader or the listener, um, you know the impending doom's coming, like you know it to be true. Um, and it's kind of funny, you know, to watch people not care and be like, oh, you're, you know, you're going to get it uh, eventually. You know, you're going to be severely surprised whenever this <laughs> this actually happens, you know. Um, so I think that I thought that was kind of, yeah, funny. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen this, the, the scene in the book where the the, the radio presenter that interviewed Martin, uh, you know, he gets, he gets murdered. <laughs> <laughs> a bit of a shot in Friday. <laughs> Would have been funny. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah. So jumping on a little bit then. So after that, we, the next sort of major event is the the governmental disaster committee. I can't remember its actual title. I think they call it a few different things, but basically, this group of uh, people from the work for the government in different sectors, like uh, are they, you know, the army, and um, I can't remember any of the other ones. But basically, all these government people meet up to decide you know what to do about the upcoming disaster you know how to well they they don't think it's a disaster but you know they, they know it's going to be have some sort of impact so they, they need to, de- to decide what they're going to do to help the public um and i find this part really frustrating because uh it just seems so typical that they you know they just all sit around not doing anything while while the leader guy kind of sits on the phone talking to his superior superiors, and we have the one one um, character Lisa who actually tries to sort everything out, you know, tries to uh, find out you know what what might happen, and tries to get Martin to come in to because she's heard, she's heard him on the radio to to come in and you know present to them what's about to happen, what's going to be the the impact, how can they what can they do to to sort of lessen the blow and help help the people um and she she sort of struggles to to even get people like you know a colleague to give her a phone number for this guy because the colleague is aware that this guy's a bit of a known madman or a conspiracy nut um so she, she kind of struggles to to get him to come in and eventually she, with some effort she manages to and once he presents it to you know the, what's about to happen he's again met with everybody kind of this sort of disbelief and everybody thinks he's mad and it's only going to be a short-term problem while the power company sorted all out so like did were you guys frustrated by this or was it just me or like what what do you think about the these government people not just sitting around not doing anything really or like waiting to hear from their superiors what they're allowed to do yeah um i think it, 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 it definitely was frustrating that um we're currently in a political situation in Northern Ireland where we don't have a government right now, so yeah. that kind of government apathy and 
people people not taking action really strikes home and i i'm I'm nearly sure and i'm gonna make like so many parallels to covid i feel but i'm nearly sure these committees were happening during the pandemic as well and there was probably the same dismissiveness in the beginning so i do think it was a realistic uh realistic response to it i found it a bit um maybe a bit this part dragged on a, a bit for me yeah but um but i think the intention i think uh, i think anyway of the offer was to ha- for it to be frustrating and it definitely achieved that yeah i think i think you're right to, to draw parallels to covid obviously because it was written during the you know pandemic so yeah and it's all it's obviously said at the same sort of time so there's that yeah direct parallel that's i mentioned before it's like an alternate 2020 where there's a different disaster that's about to happen so, yeah yeah i think you're absolutely that's, right uh, it's very relevant to a lot of things isn't it that's are happening because i think even if was it today north carolina have had power outages because of um shooting that's happened in one of their stations um and I've, i remember reading in the past about how sensitive the american power grid is so it has a, a very valid fear too and i think now that, now that you've mentioned that, I think I was reading around the time this probably was written that this was a fear that this was going to happen. You yeah, know, there was this sort of CME that was about to it was so big that it, you know right oh right the exact the exact thing I that I don't know yeah. if it was exactly, but I, there's something in the back of my mind that says I remember right. reading about this. But yeah, um, yeah. Well, I think I kind of mentioned before that I, I although yeah, it is I guess frustrating. Um, kind of a uh, setup. I, I I did find it kind of funny. I like kind of situations where you know people are not taking things seriously or uh, things like that, uh, and then you know they obviously you know they get what gets what get what's coming to them. Um, and I think the fact too that you know there, I guess that is a common situation. You know there is always this. Uh, I guess it's like the boy who cried wolf kind of situation that. Um, you have someone that's done something stupid or maybe has complained too much in the past about someone um, like uh, uh, Mart- uh, what's his name, Andrew Martin? Um, no, Martin no that's Martin. our and- Andrew, Andrew Martin Martin's from our last book. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> this I this guy's Mark- Martin uh, Monroe, I think his Martin, name Martin is. Martin Monroe, yeah, yeah Martin Monroe. Um, yeah, I think he yeah, because he was disgraced or whatever for the the whole uh, previous thing that it was blown up in the media, you know, people aren't listening to them. Um, and I just think it's funny whenever people don't. And it always reminds me in like real life if someone came and they were like absolutely adamant, like this is going to happen, you need to be worried about this. You know, would you actually listen? Would you be like, would you take inspiration from like books like this? And you're like, oh, maybe this guy's t- talking sense, or would you as well be like everyone else and not um, think? that this is going to happen because this is a crazy person because I guess a lot of how we view people is uh, made up by the media these days. Interesting. Um, but yeah, frustrating part of the book and I agree with you, Michael. I think it went on too long as well, but it is what it is. Yeah. There's about too many committee meetings, I think, just it's yeah, could have been cut cut down a bit. Those sort of meetings are born by their nature, so yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. And also, Especially because... Yeah, go, go, go on. I was going to say just especially because this book has a thriller as well so I think pace is extra important yeah. in a book like this because it is so breakneck when everything does break out 
Did you did you just like did you were you able to draw any parallels with that one character who I can't remember her name either, but she's like Lisa's colleague who's like the the office. Bitch. I was like, yeah. yeah, so accurate. <laughs> There's always one. Yeah. Yeah, she's the one who dis- is very, very dismissive of uh, Martin. She's not only dismissive of Martin, but she just doesn't want to help because yeah. of reasons. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I'm going to jump on, jump forward a bit here. So the the event has sort of happened. Um, the power grids have failed, or we, we don't actually find out what, what really happened to them, but they're damaged anyway, seemingly beyond repair. Um. And at this point, Simon, uh, he's, he's a sort of regular guy character um, who's friends with, with uh, Martin. Um, I need to call him Andrew Martin there. He's, <laughs> he's friends with, with Martin um, and who was warned to prepare and everything. He's just woken up and uh, discovers that one of his neighbours is trapped in a lift, has been trapped in the lift all night with, with her grandmother, who's seemingly unconscious. Who's been unconscious for hours, and is, is, we we sort of follow him and a bunch of the other neighbors trying to rescue them without electricity. Which, if you don't know, if 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 the power goes out and a lift gets trapped, it's really difficult to, to get someone out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so so what what did you think about this part of the book? Uh, like I I, I I I really liked it because it, it kind of shows that people are are willing to go out of the way to help each other. Um, yeah. Obviously, you know, this is a life-threatening situation, but it's just nice to see that that in this sort of book where where people are willing to help where, you know, in these sort of thing these sort of scenarios, you always see everybody, you know, every man for himself sort of thing. I suppose it is sort of still sort of early days where it has just happened and you know, that sort of fear hasn't hasn't gripped people yet, but yeah. Um another thing that I sort of wanted to to highlight was a little nod to something you said in the, in the last episode, Jonathan, which was uh, technology won't save mankind, but humans will. And I, I think that's a nice wee, to wee, wee link to put on there. Yeah. You know, because technology's failed here, but, but you know, people come together and they're, they help each other out, yeah? So what, what, what did you think about this part of the book? Yeah, I thought this was really effective. It was a great, it was a great idea for showing the immediate, the immediate, uh, fallout anyway it was like the focus of somebody being stuck in an elevator is is a good idea and it's and it's a terrifying thought that you could be in that situation it, it's kind of the perfect uh one it's a perfect metaphor for our reliance on technology being inside this elevator because we are completely at technology's mercy in that moment so yeah i thought it was really effective uh effective scene especially as you said, to exhibit the themes of of people helping each other in a disaster. I've heard um, people talking about this. Uh, I think it was a TED talk I listened to one time where they said humans are very likely to help each other and band together more and, and disasters. But uh, obviously the panic also can be a factor as we saw, uh, saw ourselves during the pandemic, which I think definitely informed this book a lot. The more that I talk about it, the more I realize that. <laughs> Yeah, I think yeah, I agree. Of course, with what Michael said, um, and they add to this is like you know this is the first kind of um, death that we come across in the book, and so it's kind of when you know, I think this is the first point. I think it's isn't it Simon? That's one of the main characters there. That's at this situation, 
um, and Derek. Um, doesn't he come eventually, or Derek come later? I guess. Um, oh yeah, no, Simon tells Derek about it later. But um, this is the first kind of um, time that you realize, you know, what kind of problems, you know, this is actually going to be life or death situation. You know, if the power goes out, because um, I, I think everyone maybe jumps to thinking about, you know, like life support machines and things like that. But even just like the base, basic services of being able to phone an ambulance and get an ambulance to you, you know, that's not going to work um, as you want it to. Um, yeah, and like the stress on like um, emergency services would just be um, incredible. So I think, yeah, this is the first kind of indication we have of, of what's what kind of the disaster is to come in terms of the, the uh, daybreak. It's great that they're building the tension because... As you said, it's it's to show you what is to come, what and and I think like there's a part or on this section of the book where one of the characters asks do about everything that runs off of electricity, like taps and toilets, and it's kind of that yeah, that's great tension that, builder like as well. The, the water of, thing, what was it? He says he says you know it's all controlled by electricity, by like a. Um, a boiler in the attic or something. The pumps, it's like gas. The pumps, pumps, that's what it is. Yeah, pumps. Yeah. So the fr- like that was some. I was like, oh, really? I, I, you know, that's something I never would have thought about. And even, even like some some as simple as the left. Like obviously, if there's no power, it's not going to work. But it doesn't. It doesn't really come into your head until yeah, you're kind of faced with that um, scenario. So yeah, it was definitely a t- attention building moment. Um, and you know the fact that they they all live in this like sort of apartment complex and they have like a, a electricity controlled front gate and they can't get that open either to like leave or go anywhere or even like you know get the emergency services in to help this this person that or, or even phone them to to come out you know the phone the fire the fire brigade to come out and to, you know help them out is a bit. It's, it's actually really worrying, and I, I find myself at this part of the book sort of <laughs> about a fear creeping in. Yeah, because it makes you like it makes you think of because a gate, an electric gate, it's such a, a needless thing to have technology be a part of, but it's it has been introduced more with the likes of smart fridges and and things like that. So the 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 reliance could, if this book is written in twenty years time, it could be even worse. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's after this part in the book, I start I started thinking to myself wherever I went, you know, oh if if the power went out, this thing wouldn't work, or you know we couldn't do that. So it, 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 yeah, it was a really key part of the book for me. So yeah, ju- jumping on a bit again. Uh, once we we get we sort of meet Derek and and find out who he is. Uh, he he sort of he, he appears a few times um, in the Simon chapters. I think they they share a local shop or something. But he's kind of randomly there in the background, but he is has just come off paternity leave, or is is about to come off paternity leave as, as the blackouts hit, and uh, you know he there's some worries there from him that his his wife and new newborn child are aren't gonna have the resources that they'll need, and you know he's he's trying to figure all that out before he goes back to work because he he is like a a, a warden or a head prison guard in in a prison. So you know he, he he stays there during his shift and everything. Um, he returns to the prison and th- there's already no power uh, for a couple of days, uh, w- which 
already is is a sort of terrifying concept because you know if if you have a prison without electricity and you know we we already know that a lot of stuff runs on it what what are they going to do well they're probably going to going to riot or escape or or whatever what have you so we find that the the prisoners have all been locked in their cells for safety reasons and they're they're about to riot and over the course of a couple of days Derek realizes that he he's going to have to him and all the guards are going to have to abandon the prison and lock the prisoners inside until the army can come over to, to take over. Which, um, that's just terrifying. <laughs> this, this whole part of the book, yeah. And we also learn that the prison sort of split in half, um, you know, with the two paramilitaries. So it's 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 even worse again, you know, if, if the, because the prisoners are probably going to start killing each other <laughs> and everything. So yeah, what what did you think about this this section of the book? Um, again, it's not something that would immediately come to mind if you think about, you know, blackouts, where uh, prisons having no power and you know escapes and and everything like that. Obviously, you're gonna have like criminals running around, which you don't want. So yeah, I I thought this was uh I thought this was the strongest portion of the book. I I thought this these Derek chapters were really really good. Um, the the moral conflict between on what to do with the prisoners, what is right to do, was really interesting to see him grapple with that, and it has a it has a terrifying realization because, like you were saying, Stephen, it's it's not something I would have immediately thought of. I wouldn't have gave um the what's going to happen to prisons wouldn't be my first thought in a blackout, you know. But it's really really interesting. It nearly nearly made me wish that i had read this part in isolation as like a short story mm. where it just opened with derek and you don't know why the power is out that would have been that would have added to a lot of tension and mystery but but it's still it's a really good good portion of the book in my opinion it's really well done and it's uh i think it's in my it's the part i enjoyed the most in the book yeah i think i think i would agree with that too you know um maybe not specifically this this sort of ch- these couple of chapters where he's he's in the prison but just all the, the derek parts i think combined or, or my, yeah it's my favorite sort of plot line i absolutely agree michael i think that this part was probably the only real part of the book that i really um, enjoyed and actually I, th- I think michael you almost kind of said exactly what i was going to say and um, what i was thinking and that i think that the book what would have been more interesting for me is if the book was around the prison as opposed to you know people trying to i think the book kind of focuses on people trying to you know just deal with the situation I actually would think it would be maybe better if like you know yeah it started with Derek being in um, the prison and the power going out and them not really knowing what's going on and then the story is actually centered around the prison and what goes on inside and like them trying to contain the prisoners and then all hell breaking this I actually think that would have been a more interesting yeah. kind of story that that's what I was more hoping for in terms of this book was more like kind of riot and stuff things like that um, but I think maybe human nature is just too good i i maybe want to the, the, they expect the worst in people um as opposed to people helping each other but um <laughs> i think that's just from an entertainment perspective of um chaos um just appeals more to me but um yeah that's that's kind of my thoughts i mean that's what um what stories are about conflict is at the heart of stories conflict is interesting so i can i can definitely see your point there i've got good news for you jonathan if that's what you were looking for go for it there's there's a novelette or like a short a shorter version a shorter version story that uh, 
the author has has put out. Um, it's called Doctor Death, and I believe it's set in the prison. With uh, one one of the characters that we meet, um, I can't I don't remember his name, but he is he is a doctor, and I think he does have that. Brian or something was it? Brian, yeah, Brian, yeah. So he, I believe it, it centers around him and one of the other um, other uh, prisoners. I haven't read it though, but uh, if that's what you're looking for, it is oh, out there. Nice. I, de- I definitely felt like um, the offer had uh, had a good grasp on what this prison is like, and every- because this is based on a real prison, and uh, it, it made me wonder: does he have contacts, or did he speak to somebody and uh, McGabbery to um, to get? some notes for this book or so because it does feel very well researched this part yeah. and, which i think gives it a really good um sense of place possibly yeah jumping jumping ahead a bit further oh well to finish off there so uh derek and the other guards have abandoned the prison and derek has taken um basically all the weapons that they have uh you know for the guards uh he's taken them with him but uh, so so that the the prisoners obviously don't have any weapons to to kill people or kill each other, but also that leaves him in a situation where you know he's running around with a cache of weapons, and he needs to get rid of them. So he tries a few times to like take them to police stations and stuff, and finds that they're not open. And I believe at one point he even comes ac- across to police officers, or maybe they're uh, people from the army. I can't re- really remember. But he tries to hand them in, and they basically tell him, "No, he's gonna have to wait till you know they they sort out the panic and everything. Uh, he's gonna have to hold on to them, um, which is a bit mad. But that leaves him in a situation where he's he basically can't go forward with his plans, which are to take his his family um, south to Donegal for this uh, sort of party that's that's going on or that was supposed to happen, but basically to get refuge for, from the blackouts." Uh, and he doesn't want to cross the border with with uh, a bunch of weapons for for obvious reasons. <laughs> so, at this point, Derek and Simon's story kind of overlap, and they they visit that shop I mentioned before, and discover that the uh, shopkeeper has been murdered. Um, we previously met this owner a couple of times uh, in Simon's POVs, where w- we learned that uh, you know he's having trouble with thieves and. He's sort of that that sort of old guy who doesn't take any crap, and you know if if you try and mess him about, they will sort of hit you a slap, <laughs> which uh, is sort of foreshadowing that he there's going to be something. I I sort of knew there were, there was an earlier chapter where um, the, these two guys come in and try and basically take stuff without paying because there you know there's a blackout and they can't get any money out of the you know, bank machines to pay him, and he sort of tells them no and. Uh, you know, it's about to come to blows and everything. So I, I sort of knew at that point that he was gonna, he was gonna get killed. Um, but but anyway, we we find out that this has happened. So some looter or whatever has has killed him, and and Simon and uh, Derek come across it separately. But then bas- basically it leads to a situation where where Simon and Derek sort of te- not not necessarily team up, but they basically group up and they're they're staying in Simon's uh, apartment. Because he has supplies, and you know he can, they they sort of needed supplies for for the baby and and, and whatever, so it sort of made sense. But um, yeah, what what do you think about this? I I thought it was kind of weird when they when they just randomly grouped up, but um, 
like fair enough it's it's a blackout but he's still a stranger like and some guy just got murdered so it's a bit it was a bit sus for me yeah i thought the um the money storyline with the shopkeeper was was quite interesting it was a it was a good point of view to tell a blackout story from because uh you can imagine especially if you're in a local run shop where your livelihood is based off your inventory because if you if this was like a chain shop it's kind of like who cares just take anything you want but if this was his own corner shop it's an interesting point of view to tell it from and i can see where all parties are coming from every, the people who want to take things and humphrey wanting to defend things um but yeah I, I thought that the team up did seem a wee bit strange uh but that that was kind of i think where they wa- he wanted the story to go with everybody meeting up eventually but yeah it felt a felt a bit forced here i would agree with you there just uh, yeah another another point to sort of bring up is the the sort of lisa simon thing that was sort of forced on there too because obviously the, we find out that simon and derek both know lisa i can't remember exactly how that happened but anyway they, they both they both know her and that's sort of the catalyst for them like you know they're gonna basically travel to donegal to her parents house for this like party that was supposed to happen and there's some some for some reason there's like a love there's a sort of almost love situation between simon and lisa even though they've only met once i thought that was a bit forced as well but yeah that just just came into my head there yeah i prefer on this these kind of books where the characters who are all meeting up and coalescing onto a group don't know each other i find that a lot more interesting like um with like a show like walking dead where there's a fam there's as a family there and there's a best friend but apart from that nobody really knows each other it's this random group of people who've all came together i find that a bit more interesting than than friends meeting up during this you know thing yeah so the, the the main thing i would say like is the the circumstances for them all grouping up is a bit dubious you know they all somehow through various you know sequences meet up with it and end up knowing each other it's, it's, it was a bit it was a bit forced but yeah i still think it was fine it didn't detract from my enjoyment of the book really. but like johnny what what did you think about that whole thing yeah i thought i thought that um from my perspective it was actually all right so like i think that you know they wanted these people to be connected um they connect the story i don't i don't really seem like you know like the harry potter ones that are just you know where it happens over and over again and that's extremely noticeable i don't really even think about this um portion so you know it obviously was quite um uh you know i, I don't really yeah notice it at all so you know it didn't bother me at all um so no i think it was you know done well how um simon and uh derek you know, yeah they, they kind of just knew all of each other it's it's kind of similar to um you know a, a situation that you might have where you know there's probably people that goes to your local shop and you've seen them before um so like if a situation like a bad situation happened you would probably feel comfortable talking to them because you, you feel like you know them but you don't really know them because you've never spoke to them um so it's kind of like that situation um and yeah then i think the you know the the the, the circle of the relationships then is like um, derek's uh, best friend ray is then lisa's brother who's then um lisa's obviously working yeah lisa's working with uh, martin who then is simon's friend so it's like a circled relationship um but i mean that really that only needed two connections because derek lisa and ray were all they knew each other before 
and Simon and Martin knew each other before, so really it only needed two connections. So yeah, I didn't, I didn't um, think it was there was anything wrong with it. Good points, well made. What I should what I should mention as well is is the reason that Derek and his family can't are aren't going to their own home. Or one of the reasons is that there was like a run in with Derek and two um, suspicious characters claiming to be like community support um, people. You were going door to door, sort of checking in on the elderly and making sure everybody is okay during this sort of blackout. And uh, basically, the, these are two unlikely support workers, let's say. Uh, they seem a bit rough and, and everything. And. Um, Derek notices one of them has tattoos similar to those that he would see in the prison, which makes him suspicious. But also, when they when they're leaving, one of them names him by name, which which makes him think that he's being watched by the prisoners. So now that he's locked the prisoners up, he doesn't want to go back and f- in case that you know they break out and come and get him essentially because there was threats before. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought I thought I would just add that in. Um, but yeah, what so, so what? What did you think about the the, the two support support workers inverted commas? Um, I really liked the the accents that he the the particular like sort of way they were speaking. I thought was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the accents. Yeah, the performance, the audio performance was spot on. I thought the dialogue it it was like it was meant to dance this kind of between a threat and subtext and everything. I thought it really well. I thought it was. I thought it was really good scene. As I said, I, I think the Derek chapters are the strongest on this book. I think that um, these men, these these are like your boy. I think he's called is it Baker or something like that. He's like uh, one of the head of the paramilitary groups within the prison or something like that. Um, and these are like his men. Um, uh, but like Derek has a similar encounter with the boy, with your man Baker himself in the prison where he's kind of like you know is your family alright as in things like that you've just had a new baby and all it's very like a you know it's hinting he's obviously you know threatening him but without actually saying it it's it's like the exact same kind of situation um, and yeah I, I like situations like that I think the, the tension is, is quite good yeah it's um, yeah especially from like you know he's Derek's obviously in a position of power and but he's, he's not supposed to you know, he can't lose his temper easily, but you just know he's that kind of person that, you know, if he went off off on one, he would, you know, smash <laughs> them heads. Like, so, yeah, it's 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 it's, it's <laughs> funny to try and watch him keep composed during these situations. Yeah, because at any moment, I was waiting for it just to kick off in multiple Derek scenes. But yeah, just just to highlight again, the, the accents, this particular way of speaking that the narrator used for, for the two guys, I thought was spot on. Like... I don't know how to describe it other than like a, a, a sort of loudy, chavy, Belfast accent. Ear mate. Sorta. Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, I, 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 like, as I said, I hate the accent and actually the, the, I think worse is, you know, the, the heroin addicts that's come on date later. I think theirs is even worse and like it is, it's so accurate. Like the, there are people like I've met nights out that just they just talk like that like and you just you just know that they look at them you know it's they're dangerous like it's just not uh... I yeah I brought up um last last episode about the JK Rowling thing with teenagers where a lot of people don't like the fifth book the characters and that because they're very accurate to how teenagers act so it's like 
she got it so right that it's annoying. I would nearly say the yeah. same thing about these Absolutely. Belfast accents. Yeah, they're so right that it's that it's annoying. By the way, just side note, I can't believe that you, you know, when you said that, where people don't like the fifth book. I love the fifth book. Just, just a side note. I I love the fifth book too, but yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people complain about like the teenage angst in it and stuff. But uh, it is mostly because she gets teenagers right that they that they fall out over everything and they huff over everything and so now we have a situation where simon and derek and his family are all kind of waiting out the the blackout or waiting to leave basically from to to go to donegal and uh um simon's waiting for martin to turn up so they can go to 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 fermanagh to, to martin's family's house uh, but basically what happens is Martin and Lisa are kind of running around all these radio stations trying to kind of get the word out. And uh, I'm not actually sure what their end goal was because, like, the government doesn't seem to be planning to do anything and, uh, you know, it's just going to spread panic. <laughs> so I'm not, I wasn't actually sure what they were trying to do there. But, yeah, they, they, are, they are running around, you know, these radio stations because e- even though... Um, you know we've we've lost power. The radio stations still function because they have like backup generators. I think that's important to mention as well. And people can like use their car radios and stuff because obviously it's not connected to like the grid or anything. Um, <clears throat> so so they're running around this and basically getting nowhere. Um, and they they part ways and Martin goes to to meet up with Simon. Uh, and trying to get into Simon's apartment complex with past that gate uh, isn't going so well. And yeah, these these drug, drug addicts that, that Michael mentioned sort of approach Martin and kind of see that he's got all these supplies that he you know he's prepared, prep, prepping before, and they 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 basically ends up killing him and taking his car and everything. So that sort of leads Simon down a, a sort of grief spiral, and uh, Derek and his and his missus are trying to. Um, you know, calm him down and everything, and they basically decide to take him, take him with them to Donegal. Um, and then meanwhile, Lisa has she's also um sort of parted ways, and she's I think she's making her way there to Donegal as well. And f- I can't remember exactly why, but she basically comes upon this prison, and discovers. I think she's going because Ray's her brother. He works there. I think. She, I think she's going to see. Has he left? Oh yeah, that that's it. Yeah. So she's going to check in on her brother and discovers that the place is abandoned, and finds three prisoners, um, sort of skulking around the, the the entrance, as it were, and they 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 sort of ask her for a lift into into town, and you know, uh, they attack her basically, and she suffers a head wound and crashes a car. Uh, she gets taken in by this kindly old man and quickly the 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 three prisoners kind of follow where she went and track her down because you know the car's ruined (laughs) outside this guy's house and uh they they try and break in to like you know i'm not sure why they were so oh they were trying to get his car weren't they they were trying to get the old man's car to to you know do whatever they were going to do um and meanwhile again uh simon and derek are are starting to make their way to donegal simon's kind of cheered up a wee bit somehow uh, but he's still a bit sad. <laughs> it was it was kind of a quick turnaround, I thought. But yeah, uh, and they they basically happen upon this scene where the prisoners are attacking Lisa and the old man and save the day basically. And we find out that one of them is this Baker character that was like head of one of the paramilitary groups that, that we mentioned before. So so Derek gets his vengeance <laughs> there. But 
basically then the, the, the all the main characters uh, besides Martin because he's dead travel to Donegal and that's um, they, they end up in Lisa's parents house and that, that's where the book ends so what did, what did you think about the, this this ending you know uh, section of the book where you know we've got Martin's death uh, we've got uh, the attack on Lisa we've got the uh, Derek and them deciding to, to take the guns anyway and go to Donegal like what what, what were your thoughts on the end uh, I thought the the book here it really lived up to its genre being a thriller it, it really ramped things up and it it made all the storylines kind of feel heightened here which was really really good thing to do in the the last act of the book uh i thought marta martin's death was effective i, I thought the the addicts there it was a terrifying scene because i was thinking you know i i don't know what i would do here um and i thought it was emotionally impactful uh for for the Lisa storyline as well, that there was interest. I think it was like a necessary thing to show some of the the fallout of what happens with the prison. So I think it was slightly felt slightly weird that it was her that it happened to. But um, yeah, I I thought it was um I thought it was it was well done as well. I thought the the whole this whole section of the book was really well done. But then I think the actual end in itself felt very abrupt to me yeah it um like they, they go to donegal it it's kind of like if i was like to draw a comparison of a popular movie if 28 days later where they meet the military it's like if they ended that movie there that's how it kind of felt to me it felt about like it was missing another act maybe uh if you if you haven't seen that movie there is an entire storyline after they get to the military base where there's more twists and turns to come after that but it it felt like it felt like this book was three quarters of a book nearly or if it was like a or if it was like a netflix series or something this would have been like episode one to five but there's still five more episodes to go yeah that's kind of the way i feel about it so it was a bit abrupt to me and i know i know there's another book to this series so maybe that does tie up things more but just as like just as this isolated experience i would have preferred this to go on a few more hours and and maybe have have a bit more a few more turns a few more plot points yeah 100 percent. like but no one one thing i really want to get your opinion on is the the radio station thing what why, why do you think they were what, what was the goal there i'm not really sure to be honest either Stephen. I, I think it was um i think it was just to get the truth out there really and it was just because they were denied a means of contact but you, as you brought up that would probably just create more panic so i don't know if it was the would be the wisest choice because again to draw parallels with the pandemic we we know that people panic irrationally we remember what happened with toilet paper yeah you know at the start of, at the start of the covid outbreak so i probably would have caused more panic if they got the word out so i'm not i'm not really sure what the the idea was yeah, because they were so late too. Like you know, you had Lisa and Martin trying to get it going before the event happened, but then you know they were shut down. So if it got you know, if it would happen beforehand, it probably would have done some. But yeah, maybe it was just to I don't know try and establish some kind of community or something, and you know make uh, maybe bring people together, let them know that it's going to be okay or, or something like that. Yeah, maybe, yeah, get really sort of reassurance. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought the, the, the ending, it was kind of like the prison stuff for me as well. Um, 
you know, I felt the book did pick up a bit more here. Um, so it was, I did enjoy this part a bit better than most of the book. Um, I think the, the first place starting with the Martin's death, um, I think it was, it was quite unexpected to be fair. Um, but yeah, I did think it was a good, uh, addition to the story. Um, one thing I wanted to bring up was, um, I think whenever he's dying and, you know, like, uh, Simon's, you know, putting pressure on his wounds and talking to him, it's kind of like, uh, you know, here's Martin. Yeah, here's Martin, and then Simon is the only person that ever cared about him, but not in the way that Martin wanted. And I was like, obviously, that's kind of an indication that uh, Martin, you know, is in love with Simon. And I was like, it was a bit random putting that on there, but yeah. then when I thought about it, it's it kind of like adds to the tra- the tragicness of the situation, but it also adds to the fact that you know at least you know he's dying with the only person he's got the only person that's he's ever cared about or has ever cared about him. Um, with him on his final moments, like so, it's kind of bittersweet as well. But um, yeah, I thought it was, it was a bit random when I when he first said that. I was I was kind of like, what? <laughs> that that is a good point, and I forgot all about that. I forgot about it that does, too. It does seem yeah. like it's, it was shoehorned in. You yeah, know, that 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 Martin does love Simon in more than a platonic yeah, way because it doesn't really it say. doesn't really feel foreshadowed that much. That no. it's like it doesn't. No, so you, you you do get the opinion that that Martin loves him, right? Yeah. But it's bec- it seems that the 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 great love that he has for him is because of the you know he's like a lonely guy and Simon's like a nice friend that he has. Yeah, and he's the as Johnny said, he's the only he's the only person that properly cares about him really. Yeah. So, but then to find out that he. You know he loves he properly loves him. Then it's it's about I don't know. I wish either had have been a bit more uh, foreshadowing, a bit more clues to that. It would have felt about I think more satisfying as a reveal. It would have been like oh of course of course he's in love with him, but uh, it, I think the lack of foreshadowing made it feel a wee bit jarring. Or maybe maybe that maybe it was foreshadowed and I didn't pick up on it, but I, I didn't feel it was anyway. Well, I've I've read it twice and I don't think it is foreshadowed. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, maybe. Then going on from that, I think. Yeah, I did enjoy the part where Lisa pulls up at the prison and the free prisoners are there. It's, it's like one of those scenes that the author is able to create the tension. Even though you as the reader, you know that these are, you know what's going on, she doesn't. But you know these are free bad men and you know what's about to happen. And then as she's starting to get more and more of a sense of she's in this dangerous situation, you know, you're just kind of like, her up and run, you know. And it's, it kind of has, you know, that sense of t- tension. So I, I, did, I did enjoy that uh, chapter. Um, and then I think, yeah, she goes, crashes the car, and yeah, then the, the, there's the whole uh, scrap in the house, um, and yeah, the, the my favourite part about that was that uh, you know Derek kind of got his revenge, I know it's Simon that actually kind of saves the day at the very end, um, but yeah, Derek eventually gets his kind of revenge on this guy for, um, I'm sure he's probably said more things in the past as well, um, but yeah, it was kind of a satisfying uh uh, part, um, but yeah, I agree with Michael too. It kind of just then ends with them going to this, the house. Um, I wasn't maybe satisfied with the ending too much. Um, I just kind of, it just kind of faded out. I, for me, it's, it wasn't really. Yeah, it felt like a good, like, uh, like in a good episode cliffhanger, more than a book ending, really. Yeah, no, I, 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 w- I would agree with that. To be fair, I, I did like, the, I did like the book, but I did think that was the, the, the ending was really weak. Um, you know they just turn they just turn up at her, her parents' house and that's it. Yeah, and I I get it that yeah. he he has like, like he's he's trying to set up a series, but I think we have to review it, this book as as it is. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. I think we, that, that that should be the case for all the stories where we, you know you take them in isolation. Yeah, because like um, you look at we we've, we've reviewed all our series books. You look at Space Odyssey and Harry Potter. They are the they are first books in a series, but they still tell a whole isolated story within the book. There is a, an ending. Yeah. There's a satisfying resolution and everything. So let's let's move on to star rating. So Johnny, let's get let's get yours out of the way because I, I know where it's going to go. Uh, what 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 rating would you give this? Just for the for the story, um, or maybe actually do both. Yeah, the story and the narration. So the story, as I said, um, I wasn't a big fan. There was bits and pieces here and there that I enjoyed, mostly the uh, high tension and you know uh, conflict scenes. Um, the the underlying idea of the power going out I thought was good um, and there is definitely a good story and I think a really good story could be um, produced from that topic um, but I'd like if, if yeah that, if you're saying that the author himself is building up this m- multiple stories I'd like to see where it goes I guess um, narration wise again as I said I don't I don't I'm not a big fan of the accents but I do think that they were done very well um, and like Michael said I think because they were done that well that's why they annoyed me so much um, so that does pull it up a wee bit but um, overall I'm going to give it a 2.5 Ooh, that's our lowest I think yeah I think it is okay uh, Mike yeah so I thought this I thought the book started pretty strongly I thought the metal was really really strong it, it really became a thriller there i think uh the way it amped up tension the handling of tension was really well done i think all the characters were were, were compelling um just i think the the ending was a bit abrupt but it was it was i think a good exploration of the concept i probably would have preferred this to be a bit more epic and i feel like this concept probably could have easily been a 16 to 17 hour book so it felt a bit condensed, but I, I thought it was re- I thought it was a really good book, and I would be interested to check out the rest of the series. I I would give it a recommend. Um, as for the narration, it's pretty much the same as Jonathan, and the Belfast accents and stuff did annoy me, but they were really well done. I think that is just a I think that's a thing that is going to be exclusively us. I think listeners who are from different countries aren't going to have an issue with it. I think it's because it's so close to home to us. It kind of is irritating. So I'm not gonna. I don't want to mark down the narrator at all because of that. He was an excellent voice actor, gave an excellent performance. So I'm gonna give this a pretty solid score, I think, and I'm gonna give it a four. Nice. Um, yeah, I think I, I would echo a lot of things you said. Um, you know, it's, it's. I I think the start was kind of weak. Um, and I, I can't remember if you said that or not. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I think the start was a bit weak, weaker than it could have been. The middle, yeah, it was starting to pick up a lot, and then towards the end, I was I was really gripped. But yeah, at the very end, it was very, very, very abrupt. That was it's kind of the main um, problems I would have with it. Uh, the story itself, I, I think it's a really nice concept, a really, really interesting concept, um, and I like the way that the author went with it, uh, where it's as we talked about more more realistic rather than yeah, uh, kind of a true thriller in a sense you know like a sort of movie thriller where you know it's all stuff's blowing up and, and stuff <laughs> you know it's all crazy but yeah I, I really liked it and I, I think and the narration I thought was was top notch um, but again it is because of you know it's, it's a sort of more local book that, that it's, it is so good but that doesn't mean you know it, it wasn't a good performance so, so like you said Michael so I, I'm going to give it a 4 
as well. C comparisons to other media. So we, we've kind of touched on this a couple of times already. So stuff like um, anything really where the power goes out um, yeah. or any anything where uh, any any sort of dystopian um yeah. Where people like story, are, I yeah, think, where people are taken to, yeah. back to their basics, kind of, yeah, yeah, back to basics. So yeah, like stuff like my, Michael mentioned, The Walking Dead, uh, like stuff like Mad Max. I think comes into that. Is that that's like a world without electricity? Oh, that's the that? that is one of the harshest dystopia, like it, that you really don't want to yeah. love in the Mad Max world. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to love without electric either. To be honest, with you. There, there is a there, uh, there is a worse worse dystopia i know than mad max and i was thinking about recommending it but i don't it's a it's a, it's a horrible look, horrible place to live like i look forward to that <laughs> recommendation uh yeah so stuff like the walking dead a any zombie movie or show or, t or you know, story i think also kind of comes into it again because of that sort of back to basics uh outlook and yeah yeah and the sort of you know panic surrounding it um Obviously, we mentioned don't look up. I think there's a big parallel there. Definitely, with, yeah. uh, trying to get messages out in the media, not listening, and just to, just thinking everything's a big joke and and what have you. So, yeah. Do you, do you guys have any um, comparisons? Uh, no, don't look up is probably uh, is probably the biggest one. I would say this this reminded me of, and I, I mentioned that this has been done in other books and uh, movies before. But I watched one of the movies, um, but I can't remember much about it, and I, I do. Just from what I can remember, I do think this book handled it a lot better. I think I, I didn't mention it there in my roundup. I meant to mention it, but it, it is really, really well researched. At least it feels well researched. How how this would affect everything. So, yeah, that yeah. So I think that it was yeah that that uh, that movie was kind of more just an action. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't as much as a serious tech as this was. Um. For me, I think maybe just a comparison to um, essentially the COVID nineteen pandemic. You know, I know the power didn't go out or nothing, but it's it's kind of a situation where you know human life and activity was changed in a dramatic way. You know, our routines were completely changed, things like that, and it all had you know a, a massive effect on everyone. Um, and I think this, it, it kind of just you know has that same kind of feeling. It's it's like you know it's not the end of the world, but it's it's like things are just like. And not you know you're not comfortable with the way things are now um, and it's hard to get used to that way of living um, and I think that's my kind of biggest comparison doesn't somebody even say in the book this is the new normal or yeah, something like that yeah. just hearing that phrase made my skin crawl I was like oh it just reminded me of COVID times like it I must have missed that like I'm so, so numbed it now I'm, I'm, I think the phrase was used <laughs> at some point yeah Good. No, I think you I think you have to draw parallels to, to obviously the pandemic because it's clearly not not based on it, but it clearly draws a lot from it. Obviously, being written around the same time. Yeah. You know? So yeah. Um. Good. Uh. So trivia section. I think we're, we're going to be pretty light on the trivia. Uh. Because it. Well, it's so it's it's only a, it's only a couple of years old book as well, and there's not really a lot of um publicity surrounded it or anything yeah it's, it's a but quite an obscure book one key book. bit of trivia the, sorry Michael oh no I was just saying yeah it's quite a an obscure book yeah it's a bit it's a bit of an obscure one again um, it's a theme that I'm trying to uh, drive <laughs> home uh, with my picks but uh, 
the key bit of trivia that I wanted to bring up was that the the author is actually um, an acquaintance of mine. Um, I know him personally. Uh, he used to be my manager in uh, a company that I used to work for. So you know, we we would go out and nights out and stuff, and you know, it was he was a good good man to work for. Um, so I thought I'd give him a wee plug. Uh, actually, now that I think, the more I think about it, so good bit of trivia to bring up was that. Um, let me just get it up here. So, did did you did you know or did you do any like reading up about him or anything? But the, he he was actually uh, he could barely read until he was about fifteen. I did I did see um, that yeah on his Goodreads page. Yeah, so he he could he he, uh, he could barely read until he was about fifteen, and then uh, he got introduced to like computing and programming and and stuff and, and at school, and that sort of helped him make sense of sort of letter. Yeah, I think the term he uses letter spaghetti. <laughs> pages of textbooks so so after that he, you know he got he got a degree in computer science and he went on to have a a career there and that's where i met him um so yeah that, that that's, that's that's interesting um but yeah i'd say it's the first time where we've known the author personally so i thought i would bring that up and unfortunately we couldn't get him onto the podcast um couldn't get him wise too busy writing that uh, uh Dystopian fiction. Book. <laughs> yeah, I should have asked him, um, but uh, it's been so long since I've spoken to him that uh, I would have been kind of weird. I don't think I could have given an honest review if, if we had him on. I would have just had well, to give him five five stars out of awkwardness. That's the other point. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so that's that's us finished with the book. Then uh, we'll move on to the, the sort of end section here now. So, uh, what else are you guys consuming at the minute? Uh, for for me, uh, finished Andor. I can't remember if that was in the last episode or not, but it was absolutely amazing ending. Um, what else? Uh, I'm kind. Of, I finally started watching House of the Dragon. I'm absolutely gripped by it. Um, yeah, I'm about five episodes in, hoping to finish it. The rest maybe tomorrow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Um, and then. Uh, Games wise, uh, the new World of Warcraft expansion just came out, so that's taken up a lot of my time. That's taken a lot of my time. So, what about you guys, Johnny? You um, consuming anything? Um, yeah, I'm also watching House of Dragon. I've been watching it for the past month. I finished episode three last night. I'm absolutely. I'm, I'm having one of those dilemmas where I just can't commit to a sixty minute or fifty minute episode at the minute. I'm more into my 20 minutes, um, so we've just um, restarted Peep Show, um, if any of us watch it. Um, oh, I love yeah, Peep Show. Um, to anyone listening, I think it's uh, definitely worth watching. It's uh, just kind of classic uh, British humour, but it's it's very unique as well. It's yeah, There's nothing else I can think like it. Um, but it's it's like it's like the British odd couple. Yeah, it's I think too. The, but like more modern. the camera scenes make things like so much funnier too. The way the cameras like a lot of the time from first person perspective, and like they do that like you know when there's like a kissing scene, it's like you know you're right up on the person's face and things like that. Um, I just think that's hilarious. Um, but you know I'm gonna uh, burn through that. Um, because yeah, I'm I'm, I'm able to watch the twenty minute episodes no bother. But yeah, just it's it's wild commitment sitting down to a fifty minute episode is on at the minute. Um, in terms of um, games actually I've just uh, on the Black Friday sales there Assassin's Creed Valhalla which is the most recent one I believe the new one Mirage was just announced there but 
um, was down to £16, um, which is an absolute steal for that game. So um, I've been playing that and a quick, um, not a spoiler, but it is an influence on my next pick, which I'll be announcing shortly. Spoiler, spoiler. But um, yeah, I've been playing a lot of that, and yeah, it's a fantastic game. Um, it's it's I wouldn't say it's maybe. It's, I think the Assassin's Creed franchise has kind of gone more in the direction now of open world, um, kind of combat orientated. And I think this is like if you've played Black Flag, Black Flag, it's not really about the assassin kind of thing. It's more about the pirate ship kind of stuff, which I thought on its own is a brilliant kind of game i believe yourself's actually working on one which i'm excited for is called uh, skull and bones which is going to be hopefully because obviously they worked on black flag as well we'll take a lot of the mechanics from that um but i think this um is an absolutely amazing um game in terms of like doing viking raids and things like that and i've just recently um i've watched it before but i just recently finished um re-watching a show on netflix called norseman um which is kind of like a comedy uh Viking show, but the story on it is actually quite good. But it's like also almost like it's like a like a spoofy show almost as well. Um, there's kind of a lot of funny bits and the the accents on it are just ridiculous. Uh, but I would definitely recommend watching it <laughs> if you haven't. There's only three seasons, and I believe it has been cancelled. Um, but I'm hopefully going to try and get the um, the viewership up here by using this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> to, um, what did you say it was called? Norse Norseman. Norseman. It's, it's just it's hilarious. Like, it's on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like something I'd be really yeah, interested I'll just even watch the wee, you know, the Netflix intro clip that it always shows when you hover over it and you'll just know exactly what kind of show it is. But no, it's brilliant. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of everything for me, I think. Yeah, I, I'm watching like a lot of shows concurrently. So the way, like uh, this might shock some of our younger listeners, but we, we all hail from an era where TV was picked for you by the channel. You couldn't just pick what you wanted to watch. But I do something similar, like in a playlist where I have episode one of show A, episode one of show B, episode one of show C, and I order these so they play like the way they would have played on TV, kind of. So uh, some of the shows I'm watching, uh, House of the Dragon, I'm still watching. I'm on episode five of that and loving it. Andor, I'm on episode five of that. I have episode five of everything that I'm watching. But Andor is really, is really excellent as well. It's getting better and better every episode. Aye. Uh, yeah. Does. And um, I'm actually really enjoying the Lord of the Rings show now that I'm at episode five. I know a lot of people say it's slow and I do agree with that. The show's very unfocused, but it's so well made. And I just, I think it's it's such a beautiful show. And I really hope that it does get more seasons because I think it can, it can potentially be a great show it can, as those storylines develop. But I think it has a lot of potential. Uh, one show that I'm not enjoying, but I'm watching out of stubbornness, is the third season of Westworld. I cannot believe this. the first season of Westworld, if anybody hasn't seen it, is one of the best seasons of television. But the third season is, oh my god, it's really bad. But I've heard <laughs> that the fourth season recovers it, but so I'm going to plow through just so I can say I finished the show. And um, let me think, is there anything else? Oh, I, I, I just think it's really funny, what, thinking about you sitting there just arms crossed really like pouty face <laughs> feel like I, I hate this yeah oh another show that i'm watching also on episode five i'm now on season um two of vikings and i'm really enjoying that show as well but i've heard that show gets worse as the seasons go on but i will try and endure it as long as possible 
That's one I always mean to watch, but I never get around to it. It's good. It's good. Like the first. What's that on? Is that Netflix as well? Um, it's on Amazon Prime. But there's there's a new. Uh, it's actually I think a prequel to the show. Netflix must have bought the rights, so it's called Vikings Valhalla. So I've seen Vikings, but I haven't uh, watched this new show yet. Um, but yeah, I'm quite under the uh, whole Viking Norse stuff at the minute. So um, yeah, I probably will get, oh, get on to that soon. Can I say something as well? That just a correction of last episode. I think I called one of the movies I recommend. Um, everything everywhere all the time i think the actual title is everything everywhere all at once so i just in case that drove anybody crazy i just want to say that i'm sorry about that um, greta wanted my my partner greta wanted to watch that movie after we uh finished the episode she she listened to it because she's read the humans as well and uh she she was interested to watch the movie then and she said agreed that it is bonkers but we did not finish it because our child cried through the middle of it so we had to pause it and we will finish it uh, later that happens yeah yeah i can i can <laughs> I sympathize with you there yeah yeah so we've, we've watched half of it and she she has no clue what's going on but i'm excited to finish it with her <laughs> uh any any plugs that you just want to um throw out there i i've published a couple more little parts of my uh online serial shadow sisters i'll put my to put the link in the show notes and um i'm working on a book as well in the background because um i realized that i haven't really talked about fantasy that i'm writing after writing soul bonder but i did start another fantasy book about a couple of months ago that i've got about i've got about 17 scenes i don't know how long it's going to be but um it's it's kind of fantasy, kind of a mix of real world as well, but uh, I don't want to say too much about it because I think like a lot of the drive to write stories comes from wanting to communicate it. So mm-hmm. I think like if you talk about a story, sometimes you take away some of that excitement. So I just wanted to say, yeah, I'm working on a fantasy novel that I want to try to get um, traditionally published instead of self-publishing it online. Look forward to that. Johnny, any plugs? I know you've uh, a few things on the go, right? Um, yeah, I'm still um, at the minute. I'm kind of uh, learning game programming. Um, we haven't haven't started anything yet. That's why I haven't heard anything, Stephen. So don't be worried oh, about okay, that. Okay. I don't have time anyway. Um, though my housemate, um, he um, is quite musical, and he possibly get him the help of the music side of things as well so I, we're kind of putting together a good team here like <laughs> um, with michael on the, writing the story me and Stephen developing and <laughs> daniel on the music um so yeah it's nice, uh, yeah yeah it's, it's it's working well but um yeah i'm still kind of learning the ropes at the minute um so yeah that's kind of going to happen sometime in the future someday i will give an update that i have released something but uh yeah not not anytime soon enough yeah if uh if we do have like more sections in this podcast like listener mailbag and stuff we should recruit daniel to write us some theme songs for it some transition music <laughs> listener mailbag <laughs> there excellent right, I'm, I'm gonna, coin that. I'm gonna grab that there i am actually gonna clip that out and use that statement <laughs> 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 unfortunately we don't have any mail this week so i, c- I cannot use it now but in the future <laughs> good uh okay so that's 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 how it is and we'll pass it over to johnny then for the next uh pick yeah um okay so i did give you uh i'm sure michael probably already knows what i'm about to say he's definitely read this um we talked about it before um steven you might have read this 
um, but because yeah, I've been playing Valhalla and I've been um, quite oh, in the, think, enjoying yeah. the Norse world at the minute. Um, my my book is called Norse Mythology by Neil Gaiman, and it's also narrated by Neil Gaiman. Yeah, uh, I have read this. Yeah, so I think I think Michael, you've read it. Steve, yeah. I'm not sure if you've read it, but I, I guess we can't play the guessing game anyway. It's pretty obvious <laughs> yeah, what this I've, is about. I've, I've <laughs> read, yeah, but I've seen it uh, advertised. Um, yeah, well, just a, a very small summary. It's it's essentially just a collection of Neil Gaiman's uh, what he considers like the best tales from Norse mythology. Um, so it's just a, a collection of sh- small short stories. Um, but no, I, it's I, I love the stories in this book, and you know a lot of just like you know from the Greek world as well. You know a lot of our modern day culture and like things, even like words or phrases, things like that come from like old stories like this yeah we um, we would not so, have lord of yeah, the rings yeah. without without these stories yeah 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 a lot of like that's all been uh influenced by this but yeah no um i guess we'll talk more about it this on the next episode but yeah no it's a great book no i'm, I'm looking forward to doing that one so it's the it's like the classic norse tales right but is it like dramatized like neil gaiman sort of style is that yes i would say it's 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 not like a typical history book it's not like a series of um of dates or things being thrown at right. you it has kind of it has written in a narrative style mostly yeah good because I, I think when you told us about the book you were going to pick you briefly mentioned i think last week that you're thinking about picking a history book and i was kind of worried <laughs> <laughs> uh that well, so i've changed i've since changed my mind okay what are we going to pick the the has no okay i won't tell you the history book because i think that will be my next one the only reason i choose this first is because yeah i'm in the, the norse mythology kind of era at the minute for myself so that's why i've chosen it right now uh, um, but yeah the the history one will maybe come up my next pick i've actually i've actually listened to this book this year um i i've actually i i've actually been keeping track of how many books i've listened or read this year and i've passed 53 now and uh yeah this book was one of them that i i, I really listened to so yeah this will be the first well, time you, you you have to keep your number on fifty three after you read this. Yeah, you yeah no, I know. I I did, I, I did that with Space Odyssey. I, I reread Space Odyssey <laughs> twice this year, and I I counted it as one. That still only counts that's as crazy. one. Well, yeah, that's still. But that's like fifty five full book read throughs. Like yeah. that's that's a serious serious amount. That's crazy. Like yeah, my my goal was like a one a week, and I was like fifty two weeks in a year, so I'll aim for fifty two. And um, yeah, I'm I'm pretty happy that I. The, there's people on Goodreads who read like it's crazy, like two hundred books a year. I don't know how they do that. I, they must do nothing but read. I, I can't fathom reading that much, but yeah, I'm I'm happy yeah. enough. Professional with. reviewers, Michael. That's yeah. All I do. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, Johnny, do you want to do the outro? I think I did the last one right. I think we fought over who does the outro. And who did? It? Oh, that, that's right. Nobody did it. Then we just <laughs> so we just kept it on them. <laughs> We'll do the we'll same now. This button again. No, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. I don't mind doing it. Uh, Go for it. Okay. Well, that that's us for this uh, episode of the the Auto Book Club. Um, thanks for listening, and uh, as always, um, send your reviews and uh, recommendations to the Twitter, which is Johnny. Can you plug the Twitter real quick? Uh, it'll be in the uh, description. I think it's at audiobook club something like that but yeah we'll put it all put it all in the show notes yeah the, uh, the, the email, email as well and, yeah and, yeah so tweet us email us uh send it out into the void and uh, hopefully we'll find it mm-hmm. uh, but again thanks for listening and uh enjoy enjoy the next read bye yeah bye bye thanks bye. everyone